So how many of you would say you do pretty well when change comes? How many would say you're up at 9 and 10 area? All right. Good for y'all. All right. Okay. Friends and spouses of those same people. <laughs> I already know what you are. So Heather, did you raise your hand on the 9 and 10? Okay, Heather said she was going more 7-8. Well, I was going to go more 0-1. So, <laughs> how many 0-1s in the group this morning? Thank you. All right, yes, yes. That was a struggle for us this morning, right? How many, like, 3, 4, 5, 6, right there in the middle? Well, good for y'all. All right. It's one of the things that really, as believers, we're called to have. A heart that is able to be changed and molded and shaped. There ought to be something to your life that today you would look back at you two years ago, five years ago, and notice some significant differences between you today and you then. And hopefully those changes show up in the way of, I am more flexible now than I used to be. I am more patient now than I used to be. I am able to persevere more than I used to. I am able to endure more than I used to. I don't lose my temper as often as I used to. I don't fly off the handle as much as I used to. It's one of the qualities of a believer as he's walking with the Lord. Now, if you have a, a Bible or a Bible app, you can use it now. Well, you probably could anyway because it's a phone, right? So Hebrews 10 is where we're going to be this morning. Hebrews 10, we're going to start down in uh, verse 35. Um, so let me just say again for today, uh, we will not be recognizing and honoring our graduates. We'll do that next week. Um, we're going to wait and save our introduction of Matt, his story for next week. We're even going to save the fellowship afterwards that we had planned to get to know Matt more. We're going to save that till next week as well. But the pizza place that already started making all the pizza that we were going to have today. So I hope you'll stay around because here in about, uh, I don't know, 20, 25 minutes or 30, a bunch of hot pizza is going to show up here, <laughs> right? And we've got drinks already in, the, in, in the, the kitchen ready to go. So we're going to have a very different day today, right? We're going to stick around. We're going we're gonna to look at some scripture. We're going to sing a little bit more. And we're going to have some pizza and drinks, hang around, and just get to know some folks better. All right? Amen? Fair enough? I like it. All right. That'll be good. So Hebrews 10, verse 35, is where we're starting today. Hebrews is written to Jewish believers who have come to know Christ as the fulfillment of the Old Testament promises, prophecies, some of them are struggling because following Jesus has begun to cost them. They are keenly aware of moments like Stephen, a recognized leader in the church who has been taken and stoned and killed because of his stand for Jesus. They are very keenly aware that many of their own family and friends have been arrested, put in prison, They've had their things taken from them. They themselves have, have had to leave their home. And they're struggling. When they were in the Jewish community and faith, 
it wasn't as bad. Now, all of a sudden, coming out of that, the government was against them, the Jewish leadership was against them, and they are struggling. And there's nothing like a storm to cause you to have to deal with some very defining issues about faith, who God is, and who you are in Him. Amen? Hebrews 10, 35, it says, Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has great reward. In the midst of your struggles, in the midst of your trials, in the midst of the heartache that you're going through, you're going to reach a place in the storm, and it's going to usually be in the middle of it. It won't be at the beginning, because at the beginning, you're filled with this excitement and passion. God's going to bring me through this. This is going to be amazing. He's going to show me his glory, and I'm going to, I'm going to grow through this. And you get into it, and days pass, weeks pass, months pass, years pass. And all of a sudden, and this microphone is really being a storm to me. All of a sudden, you start rethinking things. God, where are you? What happened? I was believing the promise. I thought you were with me. Are you not with me? I'm not seeing the results. Have you ever got into the middle of it and you haven't seen the results yet? Amen. How many of you would say, I'm in the middle of it right now and I'm not seeing the results yet? Hello? It might be your job, it might be your family, it might be your marriage, it might be your kids, it might be something else, it might be a dream you've had. And you've had the beginning of it, you haven't seen the end of it, and you know you're definitely in the middle of it. That's where it gets tough. That's when the, that's when the struggle is there. It's when the storm is pounding and it seems to be there's no end in sight yet. And the book of Hebrews 10.35 says, do not throw away your confidence. In the middle of it, it's where it's easy to do. It's where you want to toss the confidence. It's where you want to toss what you first knew. It's where you want to toss what has kind of held you in check. And he says, don't throw away your confidence because it has great reward. Verse 36, he says, for you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. Mm, endurance. You can't get endurance unless you're in the middle of it. You can't get endurance unless you're at the point where you want to give up. You can't get endurance unless you are tired, weak, without strength. Only then can you actually develop endurance. I've watched Heather uh, prepare and train for half marathons she's ran. And I remember the first time she and I were kind of walking in the neighborhood. It was a long time ago. We were walking over in Brookwood Edition, and we're just walking. And she says, I think we should try to run. And I said, I don't think so. <laughs> and she said, well, let's just try it. I said, okay. So we've been walking for a while, and we start running. And Heather's good at kind of picking out, you know, success points along the way. Hey, well, let's... Let's hold on to that second mailbox up there. If we can make that second mailbox, we'll call this good. Yeah, I will. So we start running, and we're moving along. We get to the first mailbox, and I look, and I'm by myself. 
she stopped at the first mailbox. So what? What happened? I thought we were going to the second mailbox. <gasps> I can't. <gasps> now, I didn't make it all the way to the second mailbox either, just to be fair. But she made it to the first, and that was it. And so when she told me later she was going to train for a half marathon, I had a hard time saying, you go, babe. But I did. And then I watched as over the next months, she went to the first mailbox, second mailbox, third mailbox. Pretty soon she was passing every mailbox. Pretty soon she was saying, hey, would you drive me out here about uh, seven miles outside of town and let me out? I'm going to jog back. I said, no, I'm not going to do that. Just drop you off on some road out here. But she convinced me, and I did, and she made it home, and she got to where she was running half marathons. In case you don't know, that's 13.1 miles. It's a long way. I get tired driving 13.1 miles. She kept pushing herself, and you can't develop endurance unless you're pushing past where you're tired, pushing past where your strength is, and in faith, unless you are pushing past where you have believed before, pushing past what you have known before, pushing past what you have endured before. You think, well, I, I was able to make it this far in this relationship. I was able to make it this far in this type of situation without losing my cool. Well, you have need of endurance. You have need of going further. Verse 36, again, he says, You have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. Oh, you can't get what's promised until you've obeyed and endured. So many people have entered into the Christian life, and somewhere along the way, it got difficult. The marriage got challenging. The parenting was more difficult than they thought. The job situation was more demanding than they realized. The relationships were far more complicated than they thought, and they checked out. They walked, and they wondered, well, I, I never saw God move. I never saw God supply. I never saw God provide. Based on this verse, if you don't endure and obey, you can't see the promised reward. You've got to keep on walking through the middle of it. You've got to press on in the midst of it. You've got to draw near to God in the midst of it. I'll tell you a story next week of how God showed this truth to our search team in our search for a student ministry leader. I can't wait for you to see that. Verse 37. For yet a little while, and the coming one will come and will not delay. Hallelujah. You're in the midst of it. You're in the middle of it. But the encouragement is, hold on. 
There's one coming. It, it's, it's the coming one. He will come. Jesus himself will return. He will bring and become the promise that we've waited for. All the things that we hold to, all the things that we long for, all the things that we sing about, all the things that we preach about, all the things that we look forward to. Oh, he's coming. Don't delay. Don't give up. Don't struggle in the midst of it. Don't give up in the midst of it. Don't get calloused in the midst of it. He's coming. The coming one will come, and he will not delay. Verse 38, but my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Ooh. Lord, you're getting uh, kind of up in, up in our business this morning, right? <laughs> Storms come. It's easy to get overwhelmed. It's easy to want to give up. It's easy to want to check out. It's easy to not want to have to deal with the pain anymore. It's easy to want to just be gone, be rid of it, get out of it, find a way away from it. But he says, look here, my righteous one, he'll live by faith. He won't stay focused on the circumstances. He won't stay focused on what's going on, what benefits him, what pleases him, what works out for him or her. He's not living for that. He's not living by sight. He's living by faith. She's living by faith. She's not just looking at what her husband's doing now. She's looking at what God said he's going to do for her in the midst of it. Amen? He's not looking at what his wife's doing now. He's, he's listening and following what God has said about what he's supposed to do in the midst of it. Amen? The young person who's waiting for the day that the, that the hopes and the dreams and the promises and all those things... He's not trusting in the fact that he can't see that all yet and he wonders what's going on. No, he holds to the fact that God has said, I'll be with you. I'll provide for you. You follow after me. I will be the one who is your reward. And that young person trusts in him and not, as what, not what is here right now. Amen? These words, if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Challenging words from scripture, right? That's not the kind of stuff you want to hear on a make me feel good Sunday morning, right? That God would be in a place where he would look at you and have a little bit of pause, have a little bit of hesitation, have a little bit of sorrow in his heart. He says the one who shrinks back the one who in the midst of the storm starts to walk away, who doesn't cling to promises, but instead starts pulling away, starts shrinking back, starts dwindling, starts coming back into his own shell, starts going back into his own ways, starts going back into the ways of the world. When God looks and sees that happening, it is heartbreaking he takes no delight in that. God doesn't look on those who pull back into themselves and back into their sin and back into their old ways and smile. God is brokenhearted when that happens. And he takes no pleasure in that because then their heart is not soft anymore. They've, they've stiffened their neck. 
They've hardened their heart and they've shrunk back. What's big is what they see here. What's small is their faith. And it should be the other way around. What's big is our faith in what God has said to us. What's small is trusting in what we see here. Amen? Verse 39. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed. We're not like those who've done that, the writer says. He leads to a place of encouragement, hope. He says, look here, folks. That's not us. That's not what we're doing. We're going to hold on to what God says. We're going to believe what he says. We're going we're to cling to what he says by faith, not what we see by sight. And he says, this is who we are. We're not like those who shrink back because they end up facing destruction. He says, but we are of those who have faith and persevere there souls. We have faith in the midst of it. Yes, I'm in the middle of the storm. Yes, the sky is dark. Yes, the rain's pouring down. Yes, it has altered my plans. Yes, it has changed everything I thought about my future. Yes, it has changed everything that I thought would happen, but I will not shrink back. I will hold to what God has said. I will hold to him being my rescue, my redeemer. I will press on. Amen? That is who we are. That is what enables us to be storm chasers. This is not a plug for the movie Twister. <laughs> because it has a lot of language in it, I'll say that for sure. But it is a fascinating look, Hollywood look, at what it means to chase storms. For a group of people to see a storm and not shrink back from it, not run from it, but to instead see it and run toward it to do all they can to get into the middle of the storm so that they can learn more about the storm. For us as believers, we don't have to be the ones who pull away and shrink back. We can be ones who see the storm and say, God, you are Lord of my life. You are sovereign over all. You are using all things. You are working all things. There's not event that comes into my life that doesn't come through your hands. There is nothing that you have brought into my life that you will not use to make me to, to be conformed into the very image of your son. You're going to show me your word. You're going to fill me with your spirit. You're going to glorify your name through me in this situation. And so God... I will. I will flex. I will adjust. I will soften my heart. And I will not shrink back. Now, let's put this in a cultural context for today. It's tough watching the news these days, right? And seeing all that is happening. And it, I could pick any front on the news and carry on a conversation here for a while about how 
this world is walking further and further away from what God has intended. Walking deeper and deeper into selfishness and sin and destruction. We see things like the news from Santa Fe High School. Hey, that got close to home, right? Uh, we were down in Houston this past weekend for baseball playoffs, and we were about 10 minutes from that school. And there was, there's something about knowing you're that close to that kind of loss and that kind of evil, really, at work. That kind of demonic, satanic activity. And, and there's no other word for it. You can, you can say it was emotional and family relationships and all these kind of things. You can, the news will call it a lot of different things, but I'm telling you, at the root of it, it's evil and it's demonic. And it's tempting as believers to want to just pull further back, get further away. I understand. I, I feel that. But I also know at a time when students, families, and a nation is in need of hope and answers, even though they are kicking against every time we give that hope and answer, we still have it, and it's still our responsibility to preach it. Amen? It is still the answer. It's easy to look at the world out there and say, Man, they are lost, they're liberals, they're crazy, they're millennials. You can label them whatever you want. But when Jesus looked out and saw people, he didn't say liberal, millennials, fanatics, or crazies. He said the fields are white unto harvest. And as long as we keep calling them millennials and liberals and crazies, we're not ever going to see them as a place to go plant seed. We're not ever going to see them as, as ones who are on the edge of coming to Christ. And so for us as the church, the storm is blowing in the culture today. It's heavy. It's tumultuous. It isn't what we expected. It's taking the nation on a course that we can't fix right now. But I will not be those who shrink back. I will not be a part of a group who says, well, there's just nothing we can do to it. I will not be a part of that. We have been given the truth and the light. We have been given God's word. We have been filled with God's spirit. And this is our day to be filled with faith, get out into the culture, speak the truth, and see life change. Amen? Amen. This is our time. Amen? This is our time to be a storm chaser. Not just in your own personal storm. I'm talking about something bigger. I'm talking about cultural storms. I'm talking about waves and waves of storms that have taken over our society, that have brought it to places that it was never intended in its beginnings, that are so far away from what God ever intended that it looks distorted and perverted and twisted and evil, and at the heart of it is more evil. But we are those who will not shrink back. We've been made more than conquerors in Jesus Christ. And this is our 
time. That's what drives me here at Vertical. That's what gets me going every week. When I think about, all right, God, where you, what do you have for us next? It's not about frills and fun and donuts and coffee. I like donuts and coffee. It's not about LED lights and cool stuff. It's about making a difference in the culture. It's about being storm chasers. It's about being storm rescuers. It's about rescuing people who are stuck in it right now and can't find their way out. And we will not be those who shrink back. Amen? Amen. I want us to pray this morning. And what I'd like to do is pray for the people of Santa Fe first. But I don't want to stop there. I want us to pray for us as believers as well. Let's don't get stuck thinking our storm is the biggest storm today. What you're going through seems big to you. I'm going to tell you what, there's a much bigger storm out there. And when you see those who are needing and rescue out there, it'll put your own storm into some perspective. Amen? Would you stand with me this morning as we pray? Heavenly Father, this morning I confess that it is so easy to get caught up even in my own storm to think that what I'm going through is the biggest thing right now. That my feelings, my emotions, my comfort is the biggest thing that needs an answer today. And God, we are, we know that you bring storms into our lives to break us, to change us, to soften us, to redirect us, that we might see something bigger, that we might be challenged, that we might be led, that we might have our path altered, that we might be less about ourselves and more about you. So this morning, we come to confess our love for you, our trust in you, even in the midst of the storm. And that no matter what's going on right now personally, we commit that we will not be like those who pull back, shrink back, and go back to our old ways. We will be those who press on, who believe, who are shaped, who are softened, who are molded, who develop endurance so that we can see the promise, see the reward. But God, at the same time today, the same time as we reach out, as we pray, as we invest, as we make a difference in our culture, we realize that our hope is not even in them changing. Our hope is in you returning. And so today, we put our hope in that.
that the coming one will come. And that is where our hope is. That's where our joy is. That's where our peace is. That's where our confidence is. And we won't let up from it. We won't give up in it. We will not surrender in the middle. We will press on and believe. Thank you, Jesus, for being with us in the storm, guiding us through the storm, and being our reward on the other side of the storm. And it's all in Jesus' name that we pray this morning. God's people said, amen. Amen. Let's sing together.